Mosley. Matt Mosley Show. ESPN Central Texas. We get rolling right up 4 o'clock, straight up. We are ready to go. Got a big show planned for you today. Just got some uh, breaking news. We may have to delay uh, an interview we had today because, um, well, uh, they have not officially, we've got to wait for the great Sark to announce Gary Patterson. But his first interview, once it's official official, will be on the Matt Mosley show. But I'm trying to make it happen before he falls under the auspices of the the uh, PR teams there at UT. I'm not, not quite sure they'll uh, they'll be. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what Gary, what the rules and regulations will be. But um, Gary Patterson has assured us he's hoping the official announcement will be tomorrow, and then we'll be able to uh, have Gary on and uh, talk about his new role with the University of Texas. Which apparently, uh, <laughs> I talked to Gary briefly today. And uh, we've talked a lot via text, but we've never really had a chance to catch up by phone. And so today he was in all business mode, which is kind of like Gary. And, um, of course, I was trying to make some jokes, and that wasn't going very far with him because he, uh, he, he wanted to be up front. But I, I think, um, Gary, what I learned quickly is that uh, our man Gary is, is going to be a completely different type situation. And uh, he will uh, he will be, you know, reporting to folks and be a special assistant, obviously, to Sark. I think it'll be an unbelievable opportunity for Texas. For Gary, it's going to be an enormous change. So I think the, the crazy thing for him is he just won't have that much power. Like, he can't just sort of do a bunch of stuff on his own. Uh Will, but, you know, I think he'll have kind of free reign to look around and make suggestions and all that kind of thing. So, you know, it'll be more like a consulting gig. We should all be so lucky just to be consultants, really not have anybody, anything riding on our decisions. We just kind of just make a bunch of suggestions. And uh, that's really what I'd like to be here at Eminem Broadcasting is just a consultant. You know, they just kind of say, Mosley, what do you think we should do today? Eh, I think we should do this. I think we should uh I think we should have uh, Sam Con Jr. on. Oh, speaking of Sam Con Jr. The Athletics uh the Athletic is the uh, kind of offshoot of well, a lot of former Sports Illustrated writers. It's become a pretty good uh, organization. And Sam Con had a big interview today that he put out there with uh, Sonny Dykes in kind of a behind the scenes of what Sonny has experienced in going from SMU over to TCU. And so get your Big 12 questions ready. Or if you've got any Baylor thoughts, Sam does a nice job of uh, covering Baylor as well. And so we'll certainly pick his brain on the latest with Baylor football, who's coming back, what Baylor needs to do, what Baylor's staying power is. Just know at the end of this story, you'll love this, Aaron. It said something along the lines of – Sonny Dykes was asked, you know, do you think TCU could become the the power of the new form Big 12, the new look Big 12? And uh, his answer was absolutely. I don't see any reason why that can't happen. So this will be fascinating. Right now, Baylor's on top. Baylor the defending champs. 
I think our, our president at Baylor, Dr. Linda Livingstone, and the director of athletics, Mac Rhodes, have a lot of sway in this in this conference right now. And so I, I kind of think in the new look conference, at least at first, things will go through Baylor. Now, Baylor and Oklahoma State and even TCU to a certain extent and Texas Tech are not quite as wired as the Longhorns and Sooners were to want to run everything or to and, – and Texas loved it. I mean, Texas, no matter win or lose, they love knowing – Nothing could happen without their say, without the Longhorns signing off on it. So this will be really interesting in the New Look Conference, which could start, you know, I guess by 2025, but the new schools, BYU could be there like 2023, and then summer 2024, I think everybody else arrives, unless they can get out sooner. And then, of course, we're talking about uh, Houston, uh, BYU, and then uh, Central Florida. Aaron, do you ever – Think about, like, it, it sounds kind of – we've just dealt with this in theory, right? It's it's hard to imagine, like, UCF being a conference foe. For me, it's a little bit easier because Houston had old SWC ties. They're, they're regional. That, that makes more sense in terms of getting our arms around playing those guys. I, I got to say, it, it just hit me as I was talking about this that that's kind of weird, like that we're we're going to be in the same conference with UCF, and we have no history with them other than beating us in a in a Fiesta Bowl several years ago, 2013, 14, whatever that was, um, 15, whatever whatever year that was, maybe 2013 actually. But anyway, uh, that's that's really all we that's all we have. That's the only history we have with UCF. I mean, do you ever find yourself, Aaron, isn't that weird to think that we're going to be doing a home-and-away series with UCF? Now, again, we'll see what happens if they decide to go to these divisions because I guess you there might be a scenario where you don't see UCF every year. Aaron, do you look forward to the UCFers joining us? I do. I can't wait for the new conference. Uh, I'm excited about new rivalries. I think that Baylor and BYU could turn out to be one. And uh, obviously playing Houston again uh, is going to be a lot of fun too. And, you know, like you said, uh, UCF and Cincinnati, you you never expected it, but it's going to be different. I think it's going to be fun. All right. Uh, I'm with you. I just got, by the way, the uh – our artwork on Gary from the great Fonville, Brian Fonville, executive vice president over at Central National Bank. We've made the big announcement the other day that we have renewed our uh, and um, have a long-term relationship with Central National Bank, and that's exciting because they're just great and they're an unbelievable deal. But uh, I'm going to send this over to you, Aaron. Uh, he, he doesn't know yet that we're going to probably have uh, Gary on tomorrow. He called him, he called Gary the Texas Special Assistant. I mean, honestly, that's probably as good a title as any. Um, Aaron, have you heard any of these stories? Do they do they have a, a, a specific title with what Gary's going to be called? Have you seen anything that really stands out to you? 
Um, I believe defensive, not defensive assistant. Um, I don't think I still have the story. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Um, shuffling, shuffling papers in there. I'll um, get the exact. Let's see. Give me just a second and I'll. No, you're fine. You're fine. Um, I tell you what, uh, this is, um, this is interesting. Um, right now it just says basically that he's joining in an off-field role as special assistant to the head coach. All right. I, I think that's probably the best way to put it. In fact, I'll tell our, uh, I'll tell our man Fondle as we speak, special assistant to the head coach. Um, so he's basically going to be there for Sark. Now, the good thing for University of Texas in making this decision is they Gary kind of knows how this goes. He had Jerry Kill as his special assistant over offense, and he had some oversight. Now, it wasn't always real smooth because Jerry Kill could go in there and whatever um, Doug Meacham or whoever the assistants were putting the plan together, I think – I think Gary could say, "Hey, go fix this." So I'm, uh, I'm very, I'm going to be very interested to see all how all this plays out. And of course, we'll be able to ask Gary when he hopefully comes on with us tomorrow. But um, we have to have the official announcement from Sark. And I, Aaron, have you seen Sark out lately? I mean, I, we got to find Sark, see what he's up to. And then go. Now, Gary was seen the other day, talking about Gary Patterson, longtime TCU coach, at a University of Texas basketball game. And he had, a t- he had some Texas gear on. That's fine. That's fine. He's about to join them. Great. But uh, Kansas State went in there the other night and beat the University of Texas. This is the University of Texas team under Chris Beard that by some was rated as high as top five in the country at the start of the year. Now, you can't find those. The problem with people that make those kind of predictions, they just kind of move on to the next thing. They never own it. Um, let's see who I can call out. Well, Jeff Goodman, for one. Longtime ESPN guy who's now with something called Stadium, and maybe he does some stuff. I don't know. I don't exactly know what he does. But he's a big-time college basketball analyst. And he he was the one who said, you know, Texas is going to be a top five program. They're not, Aaron, in this, I, I don't think we've gone over the most recent, uh, you know, they just lost this week after the thing came out. They lost to Kansas State on Tuesday at home. I would think they'll get bumped out of the top 25. I think they were sitting there at like number 21. Aaron, could the Longhorns be completely out of the top 25? when the next top 25 comes out. I think that's a very distinct possibility, yes. And and with the interesting thing, where will Baylor be? Because Baylor beat, I mean, that was a good win without without Sohan and without, uh, without Akinjo. The Bears go into West Virginia. And they threw a haymaker at them, and West Virginia got way down. Then they came back, just like Tech did. And Bears, you know, it was a rock fight in the second half. And fortunately, Meyer and L.J. Cryer and then late Flagler 
got going, and they just they just put it on them down the stretch. They just won the last five minutes of that game. That thing was close with about five minutes left, or about six minutes left. And the play of the game, in my mind, might have been Big Flo Thamba getting the ball. It was kind of a weird pass. I think Cryer got in a little trouble, got up in the air, and he threw it into Flo, and Flo had his back to the basket, and he kind of did a turnaround jumper, makes it, and that put the Bears up by four. And I thought that was a huge moment in that game the other night. So that's uh, that's the good that's that's the Bears finding a way to get it done. Now, what I've seen today is a huge movement. Today's Thursday. I've seen a huge movement to try to get students and folks out to that Sunday game. Baylor versus Iowa State. Now, Texas just put it on Iowa State. Iowa State was ranked, I'm talking about the women. Iowa State was ranked 7th. Texas was ranked 15th. And Texas, under Vic Schaefer, just put it on them. And and so, this is going to be a, a very upset, angry Iowa State team, women's team that comes into Waco on Sunday. Now, what I've noticed is they are, you know, really pushing these pe- folks to get out there and be at that game. And, Aaron, I think we ought to take the bait. We, I mean, we certainly have some great NFL games to watch, but I think given our schedules, we need to be at that game rooting on the, uh, the, the Baylor women, okay? That needs to happen. I was trying to figure out last night. I think they still call the Oklahoma State women the Cowgirls simply because the the team's mascot is the Cowboys, and it would be a weird team in the Big 12 that they still have like a, a Cowgirls-type situation going. Aaron, does that sound right to you? Yes. Okay. Now Aaron has confirmed that. <laughs> All right, we've got Sam Kahn Jr. of The Athletic had an exclusive uh, two sit-downs with Sonny Dykes at TCU, and then we'll get some Baylor talk going with him as well. Sam Kahn, Jr. from The Athletic joins us next. This is a Fox 44 weather update. I'm Chief Meteorologist Mike LaPointe. Mostly cloudy this evening with clearing skies overnight and very cold conditions. Lows will fall to 18 degrees and wind chills overnight will range from 10 to 15 degrees above zero. And tomorrow, look for a lot of sunshine, but it's cold sunshine with highs topping out at 47. Join me every weeknight during Fox 44 News at 536 and 9. For your forecast first, plus check out fox44news.com for any changes in the weather. Join us for the Baylor Coaches Show tonight from 6 to 7 p.m. live from Rudy's on the Circle in Waco with your host, John Morris. Join us tonight beginning at 6 and hear from women's basketball coach Nikki Collin and men's coach Scott Drew. That's tonight at 6 p.m. for the Baylor Coaches Show live from Rudy's in Waco and right here on your home for Baylor Athletics, ESPN Central Texas. 
The best prices on newer used guns can be found at Appaloosa Trade and Post Rodeo Pond. They have a large selection of 9mm guns, revolvers, shotguns, and ammo from brand names like Smith & Wesson, Canik, Bursa, Glock, and Ruger. Buy, sell, or trade with a friendly and knowledgeable staff that will promptly answer your questions. And ask about their lifetime warranty on new guns. Financing is available. Apply today by texting 16118222462. Appaloosa Trade and Post Rodeo Pond, 3101 North Robinson Drive in Waco. Having an accredited land consultant like Daryl Weems and his team of farm, ranch, land, and home experts on your side is a must when making what may be the biggest financial decision in your life. Selling farm and ranch property since 1925, United Country's Twin Bends Realty is your go-to source for real estate industry insight and advice. Sellers will benefit from UC's cutting-edge technology that will provide your property with maximum visibility. Find your freedom by calling Daryl Weems, your local land pro at United Country Twin Bends Realty. Learn more at twinbendsrealty.com. The Voice of the Bears, John Morris, weekdays at 3 p.m. on ESPN Central Texas. And a lot of people, when they come in, they'll say, I'm usually much more active, but since I've been in pain, I've had to limit the activities I'm doing. You're listening to Janelle, an arch support specialist at the Good Feet Store. The next step is getting them in the right arch supports. After walking around with the arch supports, they'll feel much freer and lighter. Our goal is to have that long-term change for them to make sure that they're continuing to notice a difference in their life. Try them for yourself with a free fitting at the Good Feet Store. Good Feet Waco in Central Texas Marketplace across from Lazy Boy. Ready to break ground on your next commercial construction project? Founded in 1969, Barnett Contracting is your single source for preparing for your next build. Their services include excavation, utilities, civil engineering, concrete work, paving, and storm drainage. Do business with Central Texas's premier site work contractor, Barnett Contracting, where they strive for successful projects and satisfy clients. Learn more at barnettcontracting.com. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Ward Weiss with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update brought to you by McAdams and Sons Roofing. Number 15 Baylor women took care of Oklahoma State last night in the Farrell Center, winning 67 to 49. Baylor will return home hosting Iowa State on Sunday at 2 o'clock. Big 12 men's action last night. Oklahoma State beat TCU 57 to 56. Kevin Hoffman remained at Mart as the head coach and athletic director. Coach Hoffman announced his retirement early last week, has now decided to continue to coach for the Panthers. Former TCU head coach Gary Patterson is joining the Texas Longhorns coaching staff. He will have an off-field role as special assistant to the head coach. Mavericks beat the Raptors 102-98. Mavs have now won 10 out of their last 11 and have a back-to-back -back game tonight hosting the Suns at the AAC. Tip is at 6.30. Sports Center every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. Matt Mosley, Matt Mosley Show Thursday. Thank you to our presenting sponsor, Central National Bank, one of the leading commercial banks in the state of Texas. Appreciate you, appreciate you. Shorty's Pizza Shack as well. I also appreciate Sam Kahn Jr., man that I run into on the road sometimes and has been known to show up in Waco from The Athletic and uh, has a nice piece out on uh, uh, on Sonny Dykes. But I first wanted to ask you, Sam, on the, uh, the breaking news that doesn't feel so breaking because it's been out there now for weeks, it seems. But Gary Patterson joining the staff at the University of Texas. Gary's going to be on with us 
either uh, looks like tomorrow afternoon now to uh, kind of talk through all this. But um, what do you uh, what do you make of this, Sam? The uh, uh, Texas, the higher, and do you think uh, what do you how do you think this will will go with uh, Gary? He's not used to like working for other people. In fact, it's been eh, about twenty three <laughs> years since he's done that. <laughs> that's the part that thanks for having me, Matt. That's the part I think that's fascinating to me is is Gary Patterson uh, taking orders from other people because he hasn't had to for so long. He's been in charge of his pro- own program for 22 years. Uh, I think the Chris Hummer, 247, a good friend of mine, uh, I think put it best. What would you expect it to be more likely if we told you a year ago that Texas would be in the SEC or that Gary Patterson would be working for the University of Texas? Which one would you pick? <laughs> Uh, it's certainly strange. It was strange to see him in, you know, talking to Chris Del Conte at the basketball game the other night with the, with a Texas Longhorn logo on his chest. It just was odd. But, you know, actually I saw and bumped into Gary a little bit uh, at the AFCA convention in San Antonio. And uh, first off, I mean, he's been living life the last few months and enjoying life, uh, which is which I think has been a nice change of pace for him. You know, him and his wife, uh, they have a lot of varied interests and, and have been taking advantage of that. But I think Gary still loves the game and he still wants to be involved in the game. And I think that was clear even, you know, after they parted way after him and TCU parted ways in, in early November, he still was showing up in the TCU offices the week uh, after that to help game plan uh, for that team. And I think he still loves ball. And so I think that the question there, I don't think there was ever a question in my mind, whether or not he was still going to be involved in ball in some way, it was just a matter of what capacity was it going to be the defensive coordinator somewhere. Was it going to be an analyst and assist, special assistant to the head coach like he is now? Was he going to be a head coach of his own program somewhere else? Um, so, I mean, I guess this is the answer. And it's certainly going to be interesting to watch because Texas struggled so much defensively. And you wonder what does this mean for defense coordinator Pete Kwiatkowski at Texas? Does this mean that uh, is, should he be looking over his shoulder next year or something like that? So it's, it's all very fascinating. And certainly, if you're Texas ranking in the you know hundredth nationally in total defense, you can use all the help you can get. Well, that coach you just mentioned will have to publicly go. Yeah, man, this will be great to to get to have Gary here. You can't you can't show any you know uh, you can't show any disappointment publicly. But to your point, he has to feel someone looking. In fact, Gary sort of knows how this looks because wasn't Jerry Kill. I know it was on the offensive side of the ball, but wasn't Jerry Kill basically in this same role for Gary, what Gary's going to be for Sark? Is that, would that be an accurate statement? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, Kane's basically a special assistant. Yeah, and he was running a lot of stuff on the offensive side or was very heavily involved in, in the offensive side of the football. So, yeah, I think that's totally not dissimilar. And Gary, I think, Part, part of this, too, I the sure it stems from his relationship with Chris Conte, who, who obviously was the athletic director of TCU. You know, they they know each other. There's a trust there. And so, uh, you know, this is a way for him to stay involved and, and do it in a way where maybe he doesn't have all the headaches as a head coach. Uh, because they're, they're And I don't I think Gary was uh, not shy about being admitting that he wasn't fond of some of the developments and evolution of college football as we've seen it lately and and how how chaotic it's become with nil and transfer portal so this is a way to let him kind of do that and uh yeah it, it, it the optics are interesting to say the least but again if you're sark uh whatever can help you uh, improve in the win column i think is something you got to look 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 into yeah i think um i think that's that's right sam Kahn jr joining at the matt mosley show espn central texas sam Kahn 
is with The Athletic and uh, covers the state of Texas, all the college teams in the state of Texas. I thought that was interesting at the end of your uh, – you had a couple of interviews with Sonny Dykes, and you wrote this, uh, this piece for The Athletic on that. And uh, at the end of it, I think you, you asked Sonny basically, you think in a few years TCU could be the best team in a new-look league – and Dykes' response was definitely, I think it certainly has that kind of potential, which is not a shocking thing. But it got me to thinking, I mean, like when you think of what the future, Sam, and kind of in the context of that story you just wrote about Study Dykes, like do you think Baylor just coming off winning the Big 12, there's going to be sort of a grab for uh, there's like a leadership vacuum or a, you know, Texas took up all the, all the airspace in a lot of ways, just because of who they are and the way they carry themselves to a certain extent. Do, do you think Baylor, like when you kind of put the candidates, the top three or four candidates in this new look conference, is it Baylor, TCU, Oklahoma State? How do you see that? Yeah, I think I think th- there's a group of teams that I would put in the top tier of that group of the that will fight for that best team in the new Big 12 title. And I think it's Baylor is right near the top. Oklahoma State is right near the top. Basically, based on the consistency, Oklahoma State has been tremendously consistent under Mike Gundy. And Baylor, what, five double-digit win seasons since 2010, I think, and 2011. And so they have shown the ability to continue to compete at a high level over the course of multiple changes. TCU, I put them in that group as well even though they've struggled because I see the potential there. You look at what they have from a football infrastructure standpoint, the support they have from, from donors and alumni, the location, the recruiting footprint that they have. I mean, they're, they're in a really ideal setup for TCU. So in Fort Worth and being able to recruit DFW, recruit East Texas, even Northern Louisiana, if you want to do it. Uh, And then, so I put them in that group. And then I, the ones that intrigue me the most, I think are, the incoming ones, Cincinnati, obviously coming off the college football playoff just this year, BYU, who's been a pretty consistent team, a pretty consistently good team over the years. And I, I look at Houston as a team that I think is going to be one that's going to be really fascinating that once you give them Big 12 membership, some additional revenue, uh, they've already been a team that has been able to compete uh, every now and then for New Year's Six Bowls and things of that sort. Where do they factor in the equation? So th- those are all teams that I would look at but yeah I think Baylor right now and Oklahoma State are probably top two but I think TCU has the chance to be there with those teams if you push the right buttons and you recruit at the right level why are uh Sam you see that Oklahoma State you know um I may have seen it on your Twitter you and Max uh are all over some of these portal things um but why are some of these Oklahoma State players I mean I know it happens to every school but seemingly they've got the most stability of anybody other than they just lost their really good defensive coordinator. Is that playing a role in why you're seeing a little bit of leakage there from that uh, the defensive side of the ball there at Oklahoma State? Yeah, absolutely, because cha- change uh, is going to impact these players, and I think we've seen it, whether it's a head coach or, or a coordinator, and especially on defense, if you fit, in a certain system and, and a new coordinator comes in and is going to run a different system, then what does that mean for you as a player? And, and does that mean that you need to look elsewhere? So, yeah, I think, I think that's one thing. And, and we're not used to seeing it because 
players were not able to move this freely before. Before you had, if you were going to transfer, you had to sit out a year unless you got a waiver. Now that's not the case anymore. If a coordinator leaves, if you're if you're a QB and your quarterbacks coach leaves, you can follow him. You know, I mean, look at look at Western Kentucky and they imported basically imported an offense from from HBU uh, with Bailey Zappi and Jarrett Stearns and all those guys, and including the offensive coordinator Zach Kittley, who's now at Texas Tech. Uh, so there's a comfort level, and, and as you'll hear coaches say it all the time, and I think you'll hear your parents and, and recruits say it too, the relationships is the key to this thing. It's really the key to recruiting. And when you build a strong relationship with a coach or a coaching staff, when that changes, it's natural, I think, to, to seek change yourself. So I think it, it, the, the difference is, I think, is, is now players can move freely as opposed to three, four years ago, and they couldn't quite as freely. Yeah, the NCAA meeting uh, as we speak in Indianapolis and having their meetings. I noticed the Baylor president was the one who got to submit the Constitution. I believe it was uh, approved by about an 80% vote from what I was able to see. Talking to Sam Kahn Jr. from The Athletic, he covers the Big 12 and all teams from uh, Texas. Um, What do you think, Sam, about these two divisions in the Big 12? And what's the most, um, as that story has sort of... uh, gotten out there what is the what's the most likely scenario i kind of like the fact that the big 12 continues to kind of screw with texas and ou (laughs) on the way out and uh, doesn't want them on both sides of this thing would rather them knock one or the other out perhaps although i don't know why we worry about texas uh winning a division quite honestly but what uh what what do you how do you think this thing shakes out yeah i think it makes the most sense uh i mean once you once you go to 12 teams uh, i mean it's the division set up, I can make sense. And the big 12 done it before. And I think it, having Texas know you on opposite sides makes sense because that way, if you can sustain that division set up, once those two teams leave, whenever that happens, and that's the other fascinating part to me is when, when are they actually going to leave? I think if the, the more time passes, the more you wonder, you know, how much longer they're going to hang on and how much does the college football playoff expansion factor into this? Because if you had asked me three months ago, I would have told you that, expansion would be done by 2023 and and we'd have uh you know texas and oklahoma would be over there in the sec by then now with as expansion gets delayed i wonder how much that impacts uh you know the speed at which texas and oklahoma leave the conference so it, i i think and for these new schools that are coming in it's a boon if you're houston oh you're you're relishing the fact to be in a in the div- same division with texas that's something they've been wanting to have ever since uh, the Southwest Conference is all supposed to be back in the same league and to have their chance to play Texas. Uh, same thing for these other new schools that are coming in, that, that the pro, the boost that you'll get for whether it's one or two seasons of a 14-team league with Oklahoma and Texas is still in it is, I think, good for those new schools and is good for the, the ones that are still there. And like you said, Oklahoma has been the king, not Texas not so much. So I don't know that you have to worry about you know, where they are in terms of contending for Big 12 titles, but it's a chance for some of these new schools and, and the new look league to make its name against these uh, these traditional powers, so to speak. And, heck, I mean, give, give them credit this year. Look, I mean, the Big 12 championship had neither of those teams in it. Baylor and Oklahoma State were, uh, were the teams to make it, and I think that says a lot about the conference, where it is, how deep it is, and I think it, it signals some promise for the future that you had Baylor and Oklahoma State uh, in in the Big 12 championship. You had Cincinnati in the college football playoff. You had BYU who had a really good season. You had Houston who had a really good season. I think when you look at it, at least right now as we sit right here in January 2022, the outlook for this league is pretty positive from a football standpoint. 
Yeah, I I agree with you. I I have to say um, that that part of the story where you're talking to Sonny Dykes, talking to Sam Con Jr. of the Athletic, and I I thought it was I thought it was funny, and it speaks to how siloed some of these guys are. That that he he got caught by surprise on like the personal type backlash that he got from going over to that that school's like biggest rival, like. I, to me, as reading that, Sam, and I'm thinking, how can Sonny, and I know that it just, it's never, it's always awkward, and, and these things happen, and so much sooner now, and things get leaked out, but the fact that he seemingly was surprised by how much blowback he got, what is that? Is that just kind of like being a little naive? Uh, what, it's just, I, I was kind of shocked, because if anybody should, Sonny, was raised around here i mean he should he should kind of know what was coming on this thing yeah i I think the way you put it siloed is kind of a good way to put it uh remember these these guys they're kind of in their own world uh you know 24 7 it's managing a roster it's recruiting it's running the team and it's you know college football you put in i mean heck you put in more hours in college as a college football coach than you do as an nfl coach uh because in in large part because of the recruiting that comes with it and I think in many ways, I mean, heck, Nick Saban likes to fondly say that he doesn't know what's going on in the world because of how much in time he invests in his team. So I think that's part of it. And But, I, yeah, I, you're right. I think Sonny being from here, and, and from this state, and being born and raised and, and following this conference, and or I should say this conference, this region of college football, and obviously following the Southwest Conference, I, yeah, I can't imagine that that it was a complete surprise maybe i think maybe maybe it's just his his gauge of how what his intentions were versus how those intentions were perceived so to speak okay i think in sonny's mind he tried to do it the right way he tried to part ways in a you know in a good manner uh whether that was going to be received that way i don't think i don't know how any way that you do it and he's right. There's no good way to break up. And I've covered this from plenty of programs in the state. And the funny thing is to me is that I, I read, you know, some of the SMU fans comments and they seem very similar to what I've read of Houston fans comments when Tom Herman left for Texas, when Kevin Sumlin left for Texas A&M, when Art Bras left for Baylor. It, it, it seems very similar because there is no good way to do this. And it does not feel good if you are a group of five program and you get left by your head coach who led you to success for another program and for a power five program and particularly an in-state program. That's the thing. And I think that's probably the biggest thing. I think Sonny probably thinks of it logically as like, well, TCU is in the big 12, they're a step up and there's a ceiling at SMU that we can't quite crack. So yes, of course it makes sense. But to an SMU fan who envisioned Sonny taking them to that level at some point and hoping for maybe a big 12 in fire, hoping for new year's six bowls, uh, it's, it's a big disappointment and obviously a, a big frustration. So yeah, I think there's probably a little bit of a disconnect there, uh, without a doubt, and I think that's not unique to Sonny as a college football coach. Yeah, it may be sometimes, though, the anger it makes you, like, even more passionate about the new coach. And um, SMU's got some big announcement coming maybe tomorrow about a new facility and all. So it's funny how anger and emotion may stir up some fundraising sometimes, Sam. So we'll see. We'll see what SMU comes up with. Are you on that mic that you use during Zooms during this doing this interview with me? <laughs> I guess we called no, you on the I, phone. No, I, I use yeah. that only for our podcast or for Zooms. But uh, okay. yeah, no, I'm on my phone at the moment. So 
I like to imagine you on that mic wearing that derby hat that you bring out sometimes. <laughs> you know, that's the way I kind of like to imagine you doing all interviews. All right, Sam. Well, Lace, good catching up with you. Are you going to do some? Uh, what do y'all do now? Remind me. Do you have to? Do you do some hoops, or do you just kind of stick with? I mean, football is a year-round sport, basically. Yeah, uh, you know, believe it or not, football is year-round now. I mean, we've got a uh, this transfer portal is cracking. Is like it's kind of like NBA for agency. So, <laughs> no, I've got plenty of football to to keep me busy. I've okay. got some recruiting stories I'll work on in the coming weeks, and uh, you know, before yeah. I, before we know it, spring football will be here. Uh, you know, I'll go to some coaching clinics and some recruiting events, things like that. So uh, plenty to keep me busy this off season. So I will, I will definitely be out and about uh, covering yeah. football for the next uh, several months. Yeah. I just didn't want you to get rusty or anything. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. All right. All right. Thanks, Sam. No problem. Thanks for having me, Matt. Sam Kahn Jr. From the athletic. Good to visit with Sam. Uh, we got Gary Patterson probably tomorrow. We got to get the official announcement from Texas. And then Gary's going to come straight on to the Matt Mosley show. His favorite radio show of all places, a Baylor guy. But Gary loves listening to our show. He releases music on our show. Aaron Sexton almost quit the show when he found out <laughs> the relationship we had with Gary Patterson. But I think it's I think I think you've calmed down a little bit and you'll be civil to him when uh, you better be Aaron when uh, when uh, he uh, when he calls us or we call him. But uh, all right, we got uh, we've got some uh, campus confidential. And uh, Aaron Sexton has a lot lined up for it. We'll talk about it next. Nikki Collin and Baylor women's basketball all season long on ESPN Central Texas. The Baylor women home again in Big 12 play this Sunday hosting Iowa State. 1.30 for the countdown to tip-off. 2 p.m. tip-off Sunday. Join Sophia Young-Malcolm and the voice of Baylor women's basketball, Derek Smith, all season long. Here on the home of the Bears, ESPN Central Texas. At Ascension Providence, care is more than a word. Care is serving our patients, standing with you in times of need, and showing compassion when you're at your most vulnerable. Care is listening and delivering personalized plans from a team of specialists, providing leading-edge treatments at every step. At Ascension Providence, care is more than a word. It's our calling. Make your next appointment at GetProvidenceCare.com. Enjoy one-of-a-kind luxury and lounge at the Baylor Club, located in the heart of McLean Stadium. This elite club offers a five-star member atmosphere for all your work and play needs with a master culinary team and outstanding hospitality. Weddings, milestones, business, and birthdays, a stadium roaring with bear spirit featuring stunning city skyline views. Baylor Club truly has it all. For interest in membership or your next private event, call 254 710 at Allen Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram in Waco, our brands continue to win awards year after year. The 2021 Ram brand just received first place in the prestigious J.B. Power Initial Quality. The Dodge brand finished second to Ram, and the 2021 Jeep Gladiator is rated first among all mid-sized trucks. This month, you can get an early start to the new year with the Start Something New Sales event, only at Allen Samuels in Waco. Come by. Let's be friends. 
ESPN Central Texas is your flagship station for Baylor Athletics. Since 1943, Pioneer Steel and Pipe has been the number one provider of structural pipe, ranging from one half inch to 24 inch in diameter. They can handle all your fencing needs. They also carry square tubing from one half inch to six inches for weekend warrior projects, such as deer stands and ornamental iron jobs. If you need purlin, tubing, beams, weld plates, H braces, fence posts, culverts, or metal building supplies, Pioneer Steel and Pipe has the largest inventory of those products in Central Texas. Pioneer Steel and Pipe, with locations in Waco and Bryan and at pioneerboys.com. TFNB Your Bank for Life is the official local bank of Baylor Athletics. Find out why more Central Texans are making TFNB their bank for life. Sign up for our edge checking or savings accounts and earn interest, cashback, or free digital downloads. With five locations, managing your money has never been easier. And check out the new bear statues at our downtown Waco location across I-35 from Baylor. TFNB, your bank for life. Member FDIC. You wouldn't call your doctor, accountant, or mechanic using a 1-800 number. So, why your bank? If you have to dial 1-800, you don't know your bank and your bank doesn't know you. Come to Central National Bank and experience the difference. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Ward Weiss with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update brought to you by McAdams and Sons Roofing. Number 15 Baylor women took care of Oklahoma State last night in the Farrell Center, winning 67 to 49. Baylor will return home hosting Iowa State on Sunday at 2 o'clock. Big 12 men's action last night. Oklahoma State beat TCU 57 to 56. Kevin Hoffman will remain at Mart as the head coach and athletic director. Coach Hoffman announced his retirement early last week, has now decided to continue to coach for the Panthers. Former TCU head coach Gary Patterson is joining the Texas Longhorns coaching staff. He will have an off-field role as special assistant to the head coach. Mavericks beat the Raptors 102-98. Mavs have now won 10 out of their last 11 and have a back-to-back game tonight hosting the Suns at the AAC. Tip is at 6.30. Sports Center every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. It's time for Campus Confidential, our daily look at college football news. Here's your host, Matt Mosley. It is Matt Mosley, the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. Proceeding into a Thursday afternoon and uh, more frigid temps, trying to, there's about 36, hovering around 36, whatever. Everybody's uh, having to layer up a little bit. We're just not, we're not made for this. We're just not, there's no, there's no, like, we don't ease into this. It's either 36 or 70 here. We need to, we need help on this front. But uh, I would say uh, it is time to hear from Aaron Sexton. Uh, Aaron, what do you have today for Campus Confidential? The Big 12 was in talks to split into two 17 divisions in football beginning in 2023 to temporarily restructure as a 14-team league as the realignment process unfolds, according to Dennis Dodd from CBS Sports, Big 12 athletic directors, including those from conference newcomers, BYU, Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF, all met last month in Las Vegas to begin deciding how the league will look for two seasons ahead of Texas and Oklahoma departing for the SEC. The Big 12 is operating under the assumption that both teams will stay in the league for four more years, 
The current Big 12 television contract with Fox and ESPN ends in 2025 if not both schools would be subject to a projected nine-figure early exit fee for breaking the grant of rights that binds them to the Big 12. Assuming BYU, Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF join ahead of the 2023-24 athletic year, the league would be at 14 teams and split into two seven-team conferences. And uh, right now, that would look like, according to this article, the Big 12 North, Cincinnati, BYU, Iowa State, Kansas, Kansas State, Oklahoma, and Oklahoma State, and the Big 12 South with Baylor, Houston, TCU, Texas, Texas Tech, UCF, and West Virginia. All right, lots to uh, unpack there. And uh, got the two uh, the divisions. That's interesting for a, a, you know, a conference that has always seemed kind of, I mean, there was one point they were ready to go with just eight. And they did go ahead and let West Virginia and TCU in to, to keep to have it at 10. It's, um, I think, 14 is going to be really interesting. What you what you wonder, though, is once you do these division, divisions and then have Texas and um, uh, Oklahoma just suddenly vanish whenever they do, 23 or 24, I mean, you could kind of leave it alone. The easiest would be to put them on opposite sides and then just have them, like I just said, just they're gone. Poof. All right, forget it. Now you got two six-team conferences now this is a one thing they want to remind everybody they still want to play nine conference games in the format that they have okay they'll be again it's going from 10 with these four teams losing two you do the math there are 12 teams left so i think a a six and six things thing works Um, you know the hard part is do you want to keep all the sort of old you want to do this completely regional and go, well, the farther, you know, BYU's kind of way out there on its own. UCF's out here, you know, on the East Coast. What do we, how do we kind of, how do we regionalize this? And do we keep Tech, Baylor, TCU, Houston, Oklahoma State? Do we, you know, we keep all that together? I think you have to. The only thing you, got, you worry about is if you get some of those schools away from what could be fun rivalries, the Baylor-BYU kind of religious sort of thing that could form could be a fun rivalry. So I, I think you'd want to stick BYU in there with Baylor. Aaron, any thoughts on that, how you would like to see the divisions lined up? I agree with you on the uh, BYU thing, but I, I think, I mean, looking at the way that it's, kind of being presented i think that the north south probably makes the most sense um instead of i mean you could do east west but i don't know i, I just don't well, do the north south thing for me what do you what does that what does that create it just basically the uh old southwest conference schools with uh ucf in west virginia and then okay. everyone else in the big 12 north cincinnati byu the Kansas schools, the Oklahoma schools, and Iowa State. Basically, you would have the old Southwest Conference plus UCF and West Virginia and the old Big 8 plus BYU and Cincinnati. Huh. Well, I, the one thing you don't want to do is, I mean, mess with any of the great sort of basketball stuff. Now, 
unfortunately, what they're going to do is still play like a round robin. I, I sort of think I'd have to look back at how they did it when they had 12 teams. But you played everybody. You still somehow, I feel like, played the whole conference back then. I don't know. I'd have to look back. It's been so long since they had A&M and Colorado and Nebraska and all that stuff. I'd have to just think back to how they did that in basketball. You just don't want to mess with hoops. I mean, well, you don't, you don't want to, like, take any any games away from any of those teams. I think you would still be able to play a full round robin, wouldn't you? Um, that's actually uh, part of the article, too. The Big 12 is looking at a format that would keep the current 18-game conference schedule in a 14-team alignment. Um, but sources indicate that instead of playing more than 18 conference games, the Big 12 would keep its series with the SEC because it bolsters schedule strength and uh, helps with NCAA tournament bids. So I'm assuming you would play. <laughs> I know. Have you thought about that, Aaron? I, I, I kind of laughed. They got Kentucky, okay, Florida, kind of they come and go. LSU comes and goes. I mean, Mississippi State doesn't do anything. Ole Miss doesn't do anything. Um, A&M's not good. I mean, I, I, bolstering, I mean, Georgia's comes and goes. Um, Tennessee's up and down. I mean, Kentucky even is up and down because they do some one and done every year. You never know what they're going to, you know, what they're actually going to have. I mean, Texas is certainly, you know what Chris Beard's record is over the past three seasons, Aaron? Did you see my tweet about that? I did not. Okay. Aaron, you should follow me on Twitter. <laughs> the, the, uh, over the past three seasons, Chris Beard is 21 and 20. And we make him out to be like the greatest coach ever. He is a good coach. I, I don't just. I, I, I'm just saying. This thought of we got to keep the the SEC Big Twelve. Why? Why? Like, like is Oklahoma that good at basketball? No. Like, who's good at basketball? Baylor. Kansas. You know, and who else? Who? I mean, like those are the teams that are traditionally great over the pa- over the past five to ten years West Virginia will make a run here and there and Texas gets you know majorly overrated year after year they don't perform in the tournament Oklahoma every now and then will have a really good team I mean Buddy Hill's team made it to the final four with chain with um, with Kruger I mean I, I just don't I don't see it I don't I don't I don't see like any reason that you would like, oh, we got to keep the, the SEC deal. Why? I mean, it's like, who, who who am I missing, Aaron? Like, who's really good in the SEC other than Kentucky? Nobody. No, I was. I thought the exact same thing when I read the article. I was like, yeah. you, you're, you would bolster your strength of schedule more by playing more Big 12 games than you would the SEC Big 12 rivalry games. It would be it would be horrible for Baylor not to have a home and away with Kansas. That'd be stupid. Now Absolutely. I can see the argument like Baylor may say, well, it'd be better to not play them up there, or you know, kind of go one one year up there, one year down here. I don't like it. Though that's what makes the conference so great is some of these back and forth matchups each season. All right, Aaron, what else do you have for us today? We've been talking for the last oh, week. Uh, go ahead. No, I, I'm sorry. I the um, I, I we had uh, not mentioned yesterday, and you and I had both uh, talked on air 
about mentioning maybe that Al Walcott situation. You were probably about to go there, but uh, that's a great uh, that's a great decision for Baylor. Uh, Al Walcott deciding to stay, and we didn't really get to say that yesterday. He had become one of my favorite players on the team. He's a former JUCO guy that early this season was you know playing here and there, and then he all of a sudden became just a big time big play guy. So he's a DB, can play corner. Can uh, he, he kind of sometimes plays more like a safety the way he hits, but he made the huge 96-yard return in the Sugar Bowl. So, yeah, Aaron, I just thought that was a very exciting news for the Bears to get Al Walcott back. Yeah, it seems like every day someone announces that they're coming back, and Baylor <laughs> coming off a, uh, a year where they won 12 games, won the Big 12, and won the Sugar Bowl, it looks like they're going to be loaded again next year. Um that's the second, you know, secondary member that said that they're coming back. Four offensive linemen, their entire two deep on the defensive linemen, plus uh, transfer Jackson player who was all-conference at Tulsa. Uh, both their quarterbacks coming back. They'll have some holes to fill, but they'll do that through the transfer portal, and I'm just I'm, I'm super excited about next year for Baylor football. It, it should be another fun year. Yeah, I uh... – I tend to uh, agree, and I, I think it's great. I, we've got to look at re- running backs. We've got to look at receivers and see what's going on there. Texas just brought in somebody from Wyoming, University of Texas, that uh, could be really good. So I think Baylor needs to be looking in the portal, and I know that they are. All right, what else do you have for us, sir? Former Baylor offensive coordinator Kendall Browse has reached a new deal to remain as at Arkansas as offensive coordinator after being pursued for the same job at Miami, sources told ESPN. Arkansas was able to keep Browse, who's been with Coach Sam Pittman the past two seasons. The Hogs led the SEC in rushing yards per game and won nine games last year. Browse will get another season with quarterback K.J. Jefferson, who was in his first year as the Hogs' full-time starter in 2021. Jefferson finished sixth in the SEC in total offense, so... uh, a uh, little, well, not a little bit, a pretty big victory for the Arkansas program, keeping their offensive coordinator and him not going to Miami, where everybody just assumed that he was going to go and take that job. Yeah, the thought was Oregon coach goes there, and uh, I think that says a lot about uh, what Kendall Browse thinks about Pittman, his loyalty there. And if these coaches think that um, that they can get more security and, I mean, it really becomes about who do they align themselves with. And I think he looked at Arkansas in the SEC and looked at Miami in the ACC. You could make an argument that uh, the, the coach that Miami just landed is, is going to have a chance to, to do some really good things in the ACC. So I, I think it is a bit surprising. But uh, I think Kendall likes the region, likes this part of the country more, talking about Arkansas. And... Um, I think eventually, uh, you know, Kendall wants a shot to be a head coach. And we'll see where that is. But obviously right now he thinks Arkansas gives him the best chance. And I find that a, I find that to be a, a really, like you said, a big victory for uh, Sam Pittman when he's uh, matched up against, uh, what's our name, what's our guy's name there, Aaron, the coach at Oregon that went over to uh, Miami. What's his name? Cristobal? Yeah, yeah, Cristobal. Uh, that was uh, Mario. 
Yeah, yeah that guy's a really interesting guy, uh, and I think he'll actually do a pretty good job at Miami. Just didn't like the way that whole thing ended. All right, uh, it is time to talk a little bit of Cowboys. And uh, the triplets have been having their say. Troy has talked, and now Michael Irvin has sounded off. We need to uh, let them have their say and discuss what they are saying about the, uh, the Cowboys stars. That is next. Baylor Bear Basketball with Pat Nunley and the voice of the Bears, John Morris. The Bears stay on the road in Big 12 play, headed to Norman to take on OU this Saturday. 1.30 for the countdown to tip-off, 2 p.m. tip-off Saturday. Baylor Men's Basketball, all season long, here on the home of the defending Big 12 and national champions, ESPN Central Texas. At UBO Business Services, we are brand agnostic. We support many different brands, but only the best products from each provider. Our analysts favor flexible systems that don't leave you locked into a one-brand technology solution. Being flexible allows your organization to stay nimble and take advantage of the latest emerging technologies. Call Sean Hunt at 254-709-2101 or ubeo.com. Northern Tool and Equipment is the store for over 100,000 tools. Here you'll find the right tool for any job with brands like Milwaukee, Steel, Honda, Lincoln, and more. Our annual storage sale is going on now with savings up to 50%. The deals are stacking up on shelving, storage bins, racks, job site boxes, and more. Plus, select truck boxes are 20% off. It's time to put every tool in its place. Visit Northern Tool and Equipment. Quality tools for serious work. Your home for Baylor baseball is ESPN Central Texas. Jennifer Grant Family Dentistry has been practicing dentistry in Waco for 23 years. Her caring staff prides itself on having over 135 combined years of dedication to creating healthy, beautiful smiles. Jennifer Grant DDS offers all aspects of dentistry, general cosmetic, preventative, and whitening, and there's no need to be afraid of the dentist. Jennifer Grant DDS offers non-IV sedation. New patients are welcome, and most insurance plans are accepted. Jennifer Grant Family Dentistry, where you'll be treated like family. Jennifer Grant, DDS.com. Call today. Elevate your career with a new job at VersaLift Southwest, a time manufacturing company. VersaLift Southwest occupies a 16-acre state-of-the-art assembly and upfitting facility that develops and builds the world's best aerial lifts, digger derricks, and cable placers right here in Central Texas. They are now hiring hydraulic, electrical, and service technicians. They offer a great benefits package and outstanding starting pay. Drop by their location, 7601 Imperial Drive in Waco to apply. From the Allen Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Studios, this is KRZI Waco, K222DC Waco, K265DV Temple, ESPN Central Texas. Welcome back to the Matt Mosley Show. Presenting sponsor of the Matt Mosley Show is Central National Bank. Also sponsored by Allen Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram. Ascension Providence, Myatt Fuels, Texas Sports Hall of Fame, Schmaltz's Sandwich Shop, The Baylor Club, and UBO Business Services. And now, here's Matt Mosley. It is Matt Mosley. The Matt Mosley Show. Aaron Sexton alongside, as always. Happy Thursday to you. And, uh, boy, thanks to, I heard uh, 
Sean Hunt talking UBO Business Services. They are one of the best out there, and uh, you need to uh, you can check them out. Their Facebook or uh, UBO. We use them at, at our place of business, and uh, they can help streamline your business, your emails, all the things that you do, your copier services. They just do a tremendous job, and uh, proud to to have UBO on as one of our sponsors, great partners, and appreciate them so much. Also, uh, very proud to have the uh, the Baylor Club and uh, our uh, our uh, weekly uh, or our monthly visits to the Baylor Club. Always enjoy it. Love doing shows there. And the last time we were out there before a game, just a tremendous showing uh, of folks that uh, that came by before the game, and so. Really appreciate Mike Mosel and his staff out there at the Baylor Club. I like hanging out there, and I think people would love it. And some of the deals they offer, even in the month of January, some of the uh, all the sign-up deals that they have, they're, uh, you can save some money and uh, have access to the beautiful uh, bar that they have, the 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 dining hall. The, it's just a be- It's just a really nice place. And plus, for work or events, event planning, whatever you need, they do it all. It's a one-stop shop. And they're through that club core uh, group, and so you uh, once you join, you have access to things all across the country. So it's a really neat thing, and we love our association with the Baylor Club. All right, um, we need to uh, discuss the Dallas Cowboys, and I, uh, you know, what what's happened is after these seasons, people start weighing in, uh, you know, people. Like myself, will write columns. I wrote something on Fox that was uh, uh, that was kind of interesting. Uh, I think to people about the uh, about the the final uh, uh, play of the game, but mostly about where this thing is headed. And yes, I write for uh, FoxSports.com, and so you can read my uh, read my writing there. I used to be with them for years, and I'm back with them, and so it's been fun to cover games and be back in that environment. But I wanted to read a little bit to you, and we're going to hear what Michael Irvin had to say. He was on a podcast, and um, and we're going to play a little bit of, of that for you. And uh, Aaron, uh, give me the name of that podcast. Uh, I know it was, uh, I think Carmen was the guy's name, so we can give them full credit. But before we do that, um, I wanted to let you know what Troy Aikman said on the ticket the other day, in case you missed this. This is what Aikman had to say, and he is very honest, always has been, on the Cowboys' wide receiver, C.D. Lamb, only having one catch versus the 49ers. I think he had like maybe one catch for 21 yards, if I'm not mistaken. He just was not really that involved in the game plan. Now, Troy is not known for, quote-unquote, ripping the Cowboys. I mean, he'll, he'll certainly state his opinion, but he's not a guy that's going to go on like trying to beat him up or anything like that. Here's what Troy had to say about how they use C.D. Lamb in that game. He said San Francisco rushed four guys for the most part. They blitzed occasionally, but they're a four-man rush football team. But a lot of times when you say that, then you think they're playing coverage. They mixed in some coverage, but there was a lot of single coverage on C.D. Lamb. I hate uh, – going back to when I was playing because nobody cares. But what I see around the league, it's not just Dallas, I've seen it with a lot of teams. A lot of these offenses want to scheme things. The coordinators, it's all about scheme rather than, quote, this corner is playing soft. He's scared to death. Just run the route tree. Run a comeback. 
run a dig route, run a curl, run anything. You're going to complete the pass whenever you want. Michael Irvin would have had 10 catches at halftime if they played us the way they played C.D. Lamb in that game. The game is not that difficult. If I've got a great player at wide receiver and the corner is playing him single coverage, throw him the ball. He's going to win most of the time. Boy, after games, sometimes you'll hear, I've heard this over the years, when certain players like Des Bryant would not have big games. Oh, they're playing coverage. What does that mean? Well, that means they were maybe shading a safety over to help the cornerback on Des Bryant. When, when people don't have big games, they like to say those types of things. What Troy is saying, and I, I mean, I think most of our audience totally gets this, is that they lined up and had one man over him. One way or the other, you should he should have a field day on that. And meanwhile, he finishes with one catch in that game. We're talking about one of the more gifted, talented, whether it be body control, route running, whatever. We're talking about one of the most gifted receivers in the NFL, and he has one catch in that game. And it's not like they on the other side, like, oh, well, Amari lit him up. No, Amari did not have a great game either. Something is going wrong with this offensive coordinator, this head coach, this quarterback. Quarterback finishes with a 69 rating. That's not good. That's not a good passer rating. What's a great passer rating? Well, a perfect score is somewhere up around like 153 or 155. I want to say right around there is like a perfect score. So if you've got a passer rating of 115, 120 or whatever, that's fine. That's fine. 69 is not good at all. I mean, this guy's barely over. He's barely had like it was was accurate up to like a 50% range in that game. Now, for whatever reason, people are reluctant to criticize this quarterback. I, I, I say that people are like, what are you talking about? People criticize him like crazy. He's too criticized. I know some people think that. But it's the nature of the game. You think Tony Romo wasn't hugely criticized? Quincy Carter before him? Danny White back in the day? Troy early in his career? Late in his career? I mean, these guys all get huge criticism. So it goes with the territory. Now, Mike McCarthy did his best in that conversation he had with the reporters the other day to sort of distance himself from uh, the play calling. Like, hey, I just let the guy, you know, if he puts the game, he installs it, he gets to call the plays. Mike did not want to expose himself to the criticism that comes along with a coach having uh, overseeing a weird game plan. But but to my my thought on that is always you're the head coach of the football team. If you want to overrule something, you can. You can overall you can overrule anything you want. So I thought that was pretty lame on the part of uh, Mike McCarthy to basically distance from all that. All right, Aaron, tell us who Michael Irvin was on a podcast. Uh, the guy's that last name is Carmen. Aaron, what is the name of the podcast, and what's the name of the, the podcaster? 
It's a Stacking the Box podcast hosted by Mark Carman, and that's spelled Carman. So Stacking the Box podcast, he had uh, Michael Irvin on, and the full interview's like a little over an hour if you want to hear the whole thing, but it, it's, it's pretty good. Okay, well, let's listen to a little bit about what Michael Irvin had to say about the Cowboys superstars on this, uh, on this podcast. When you look around last week, Every team you look at, the stars of the team showed up and played. You, you, you can't win in this game if your stars don't show up and play. That Prescott, 69 passer rating. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, 31 rushing yards. C.D. Lamb, 21 yards in reception. One reception for 21 yards. My bishop and I always say this. Whenever you have a disorder, it's going to bring about a dysfunction. And they had a disorder in that game Sunday. They had the star players playing like role players. And they tried to make a few role players, Schultz and Wilson, play like stars. That was a disorder that brought about a dysfunction, and that's why they got their butts sitting at home on this couch. Were the lights too big? How do you explain that? Well, I would hate to say that. I would. I hate that you even asked that question because the reality is I was looking in the eyes of some of those guys and I was like, wow, this looks like, like, like this is engulfing them, that, like, like this is overwhelming them. I, I know when you look and you – because they were looking at it, it's like this looks like they're overwhelmed. Now, now it kind of they looked a little bit better, like they came out of it as the game went on, but it was too late when they came out of it. You know, I, 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 it shocked me that I saw that look on their face. And I saw hunger, desire, stick-to-itiveness, and togetherness on the eye, in the eyes of the 49ers. <laughs> I like that. That's a little Clark Kellogg thing that he used to talk about at NCAA tournament, you know, in the studio show. Stick-to-itiveness. I don't believe that's a word, but it's, a, uh, it's one that Clark Kellogg used and um, – um, Michael Irvin is a wordsmith, if nothing else. And so Mike loves to pick up things like that. There's a funny story about that that I'll save for another day when Mike heard a word he liked from one of my writing colleagues and uh, decided to use it on ESPN, and he was very excited about it. But I'll, I, uh, I, I think Mike hit on a couple of really interesting things. The, the star players didn't play like stars. They played like role players. And the role players, Dalton Schultz and Cedric Wilson, they tried to target them and turn them into star players. I think it was a fascinating point that he made. Now, those points are just, it, we can all sit here and have all our opinions, and that's what we get paid to do. And, uh, but but when, when the triplets start talking, and when Michael has this to say, and Michael doesn't think they're right, he looks them in the eye, that kind of thing, and then Troy says that about how they didn't, you know, they, they, they just completely whiffed in terms of how to use single coverage, where to go with a football. I, I, I think it's all fair criticism. I think those players have extremely good standing to make those, to make those statements. And I find it fascinating the part about where Aikman said, that these young coordinators, they all want to be McVay. Well, they can't all be McVay. You can't all be 
uh, Kyle Shanahan. You know, there's only a few of those guys. Sometimes you got to kind of, but they all do. And so they want to have, oh, this is my scheme. This is what I do. And we got to stick with this. We got to do this. It's kind of what Troy said. Sometimes you're so worried about all these concepts or schemes and all this that you just don't, you don't line up and go, hey, we got this guy single covered. Might want to throw it to him. You know, one of the things Dan Quinn has done on defense, and Aaron, I think you would agree with this, is he he exploits matchups. Okay, I, I think this guy's going to have trouble with Micah Parsons. Okay, I think this week we need to get him off the ball and, and have him in a in an inside linebacker type role. And this week we need to get him over there and and stand him up over around kind of like an outside linebacker slash pass rusher mo, uh, uh, situation and send him in there. And those are matchup decisions. And the, and the matchups that, uh, that Kellen Moore had, uh, they didn't really exploit. Now, what they did do was they threw the ball to Cedric Wilson, and then he tried to throw the ball like on a lateral across the field to a player hanging out near the sideline. That ball ended up in the field-level suites, basically. Some things they do are, are so showy and so strange that it's almost kind of like they're doing it for attention. And um, I love that Michael Irvin called them out for that, and, and I, think, uh, I think it needs to continue. And I think the subtext of that, what they're not saying is, Jerry, how do you stay with Mike McCarthy? How do you watch this mess and stay with Mike? Uh, I, it's, uh, I think those are all fair questions to ask as we continue to talk about the Cowboys, the end of, it, uh, the, end of the season. Now, here's what we're going to do. We'll listen to a little bit more of uh, Mike McCarthy. I think that's, all we, I think that's interesting because we, we got to listen to some of it but a little bit more of his end-of-the-year news conference. But I want our people to have a chance to sound off, whether it's on the text line, that's 254-662-1660, or you can call us, our num- the same number, 254-662-1660. Would you be relieved if Mike McCarthy was fired and Dan Quinn was named the head coach. Would you feel that much better? Or would that not do much for you? And of all the stars that Michael was talking about, 12 carries, 31 yards, one catch for 21 yards, the quarterback had a 69 rating. Let's call them the, 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 the modern-day triplets. Not, not, none of them had a, had a good game. Who do you blame it on the most? Is it one of those players? Is it the coaches? Where's the blame go? Again, the the number is 254-662-1660. We would love to hear from you. We'll keep talking Cowboys. That's next. It's time now for today's Baylor Sports Beat, your daily dose of green and gold. Here's the voice of the Bears, John Morris. Everybody, it's time for a check of Baylor Athletics on today's Baylor Sports Beat. 
Coming up, Baylor women's basketball finally with a home game, and they take advantage with a win over Oklahoma State. We'll give you details straight ahead on today's Baylor Sports Beat. When we moved to Texas, we were like fish out of water. We didn't know anyone in our neighborhood until our Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent came to the house. She was so helpful and reassuring, a friendly face with that Texan hospitality I'd heard about. When we purchased a Texas Farm Bureau insurance policy, we knew we were making the right choice. We knew our family would be protected. Visit Texas Farm Bureau insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to find an insurance agent who's a true neighbor. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. Not only will you find an award-winning dealer at Allen Samuels, but you'll also find some great award-winning products. The 2021 Ram brand ranked number one automotive brand on J.D. Power's initial quality study. The 2021 Dodge brand ranked number two behind Ram and the 2021 Jeep Gladiator named highest quality midsize truck. Allen Samuels, 201 West Loop 340 in Waco, where we deliver quality. Come by. Let's be friends. Now back to today's Baylor Sports Beat. Here again is the voice, John Morris. They try to find Queen down low. She takes the pass. She goes up strong. Count it and put her on the line. Queen Egmo over a thousand points for her Baylor career. She's fired up as she went up strong to put it in, and she's got a chance at a three-point play. One of the highlights from last night's Baylor win over Oklahoma State in the Farrell Center. Derek Smith with the call, courtesy of the Baylor Sports Network from Learfield. Part of a big night for Queen Egbo, who went over 1,000 points in her career. She had 19 on the night, along with eight rebounds, to help lead Baylor to a 67-49 win over Oklahoma State. After the game, Derek and Sophia Young-Malcolm visited with Egbo. I just came ready to be aggressive. I know this team was looking to play aggressive, so I knew I had to be aggressive as well. And, you know, my free throws came from my guards making good passes to me under the rim and just me going up and getting that foul. And so it's definitely a two-man effort, uh, guards making good passes and just me going up and drawing the contact. But, yeah, definitely when, you know, we're scoring and we're getting to the free throw line early, it puts us in a good position because it puts the defense in foul trouble and, you know, limits what they can and can't do. Queen Egbo following last night's win over Oklahoma State in the Farrell Center that gets Baylor to 12-4 and on the season, now 2-2 two and two in Big 12 conference play. The Bears also got a double-double from Nalissa Smith, her 13th on the season with 16 points and 13 rebounds, 13 points and 7 assists for Jordan Lewis in the win as well. Baylor now will host 7th-ranked Iowa State on Sunday, a top-15 showdown in the Farrell Center at 2 p.m. Sunday, Baylor versus Iowa State. Also, Baylor men's tennis opening the spring portion of their schedule with a 7-0 whitewashing of Creighton yesterday. They'll take on Nebraska today at 5 in Lincoln. And a reminder, our Baylor Coaches Show begins for the spring semester tonight. Come join us live at 6 p.m. from Rudy's in Waco. Hear from Baylor women's basketball coach Nikki Collin and men's head coach Scott Drew. That's tonight, 6 to 7 p.m., live from Rudy's in Waco. And that's today's Baylor Sports Beat. More tomorrow. I'm John Morris. 
This is a Fox 44 weather update. I'm Chief Meteorologist Mike LaPointe. Mostly cloudy this evening with clearing skies overnight and very cold conditions. Lows will fall to 18 degrees and wind chills overnight will range from 10 to 15 degrees above zero. And tomorrow look for a lot of sunshine, but it's cold sunshine with highs topping out at 47. Join me every weeknight during Fox 44 News at 536 and 9. For your forecast first, plus check out fox44news.com for any changes in the weather. The self-employed face a particular challenge with respect to health coverage. Healthcare costs have just skyrocketed and it has really gotten to where it's very complex and confusing. Hurley Benefit Services Vice President Tammy Hurley. Self-employed individuals have such a personal responsibility and so they really like being able to be in charge of their personal insurance policies and their choices. Health insurance, if you're self-employed, doesn't have to be hard to buy. Hurley Benefit Services can help. Being a self-employed individual, you are working so hard on your business and to know all the answers or to even know what questions to ask about insurance is tough. Come to us, we can answer those questions for you and find a package that you're gonna be able to afford and it's gonna meet your needs. Set a no cost, no obligation appointment with Hurley Benefit Services to find out more. Hurley Benefit Services is locally owned and they're online at hurleybenefitservices.com. H-U-R-L-E-Y benefitservices.com. Keep up with Baylor softball on ESPN Central Texas. Central Texas horse enthusiasts find a large selection of saddles at Appaloosa Trading Post Rodeo Pond. They feature new and used saddles from names like Billy Cook and Cactus. Plus, they have a large selection of children's saddles. Trade-ins are welcome and financing is available. Apply today by texting 16118-222462. You'll enjoy one-on-one -on -one customer service at the world's best western store, Appaloosa Trading Post and Rodeo Pond. 3101 North Robinson Drive in Waco and on Facebook. Have you been to Sam's Bar in Union Hall in downtown Waco yet? Serving originally inspired Texas style craft drinks, offering wine, beer, vodka, and fruit juice drinks. Be sure to try one of Sam's signature cocktails like the Hatchback, a Dallas Daisy, and even some Summer Lovin'. Happy hours every Monday through Friday from 3 to 6 with $2 off draft beer and cocktails, plus free chips and hot sauce. Sam's Bar Waco in Union Hall at 720 Franklin Avenue. And check them out online at samsbarwaco.com. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Ward Weitz with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update brought to you by Hurley Benefit Services. Number 15 Baylor women took care of Oklahoma State last night in the Farrell Center, winning 67 to 49. Baylor will return home hosting Iowa State on Sunday at 2 o'clock. Big 12 men's action last night. Oklahoma State beat TCU 57 to 56. Kevin Hoffman remained at Mart as the head coach and athletic director. Coach Hoffman announced his retirement early last week, has now decided to continue to coach for the Panthers. Former TCU head coach Gary Patterson is joining the Texas Longhorns coaching staff. He will have an off-field role as special assistant to the head coach. Mavericks beat the Raptors 102-98. Mavs have now won 10 out of their last 11 and have a back-to-back -back game tonight hosting the Suns at the AAC. Tip is at 6.30. Sports Center, every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. ESPN Central Texas rolling through a Thursday, a chilly Thursday, and uh, appreciate everybody who's been a part of this one. 
we uh, uh, want to thank Central National Bank. In fact, our uh, uh, Joe Nesbitt, president of the bank, executive vice president Brian Fonville are going to start. Uh, we got a CNB segment. It's going to start happening on Wednesdays at uh, right around uh, 410. Excited about that. They're fun guys, and we'll have a great time and just kind of see what they'll want to talk about each week. But we'll do that uh, on a weekly basis. And uh, if you want to submit a name for that segment, um, we might use it. You never know. CNB, something to do with banking. We could have some fun with uh, sports and banking, weekly deposits. Um, I don't know. We'll think through it. But uh, if you want to share your thoughts, the uh, text line is 254-662-1660. And uh, we've got folks uh, uh, wanting to reach out and, and say things about the Cowboys right now and what's going on with them. Uh, would you like a new head coach? Um, I think the answer is probably yes for most people. Do you want it to be Dan Quinn? Well, we'll see. Uh, we, do have, uh, we do have David holding on line one. Uh, David, go ahead. Uh, what, what's, uh, what's on your mind today uh, regarding the Cowboys? Well, I think it's first-time caller, uh, and I'm 65 years old, and I've been watching this a long time, and it's pretty clear that uh, you're not going to get any coach in Dallas that's going to be able to coach with uh, the owner there. So uh, there, his hands are tied. Uh, I don't like McCarthy. I think Quinn would be good, but Quinn's going to suffer the same consequences. Uh, they probably have it predetermined. I won't throw it to Wilson four times. Uh, I'm sure Stephen and Jerry says I want uh, Elliot to handle it on the second down. I don't care how many yards he gets. I mean, it's that's the way this thing has been run. Uh, and they don't start the game. They don't even show up most of the time. But when they do show up, it's only like third quarter, in the third quarter, and try to do something at the half. They don't even try to play the first part of the game. David, appreciate you. Uh, appreciate you. Good call there, and, uh, and thanks for uh, – First time, you acted like you'd done it plenty of times. So appreciate it, David, with uh, those thoughts. And I agree with what he was saying. By the way, if you want to join us, 254-662-1660 is the number. That's 254-662-1660. That's a CNC collision text line. And I think that is frustrating for, for folks that they can play that poorly for much of the game and then suddenly turn it on the fourth quarter. And here comes the big comeback. It was the same thing in that game uh, against Arizona that they lost 25-22. They were down 22-7 in that game, came rolling back. This game they were down 23-7, and they came rolling back. It gets old. People want to see them come out there and actually play well early in games. There was a time in October when uh, they went on the road and they beat New England. They had a win on the road against uh, San Diego, they played well in a losing cause against uh, Tampa Bay. And you thought this team really was going to have something. It really was going to have some substance. And then by the end of the year, all they could do was beat up on the second and third stringers for Philly and Washington. And, and of course, the Giants are horrible as well. So they, they got six of their 12 wins against the horrible NFC East. Don't even try me on the Eagles. Eagles got killed in the first round of the playoffs. Cowboys got fat on a horrible division, and then they expect everybody to think, oh, my gosh, I'm scared of the Cowboys. 
oh, the Cowboys in the playoffs. There's no reason to fear them. And so we will see if it uh, gets any better. But, uh, I, I, you know, I appreciate folks uh, wanting to call in and participate. Again, 254-662-1660 is the number. And uh, we'll let you uh, participate if you would like to. I, I don't uh, – I, I, I think most folks are just completely fed up. And they don't like McCarthy's answers. They don't like his approach and just want to try something new. And he's only been here two years. One of the years was marred by COVID. He won 12 games this year. I mean, there are times when if you get a 12-win season, you know, people, you think, well, that's a great season. I mean, they didn't make a Super Bowl, but that's a pretty, that's a pretty outstanding season. Like, there are people that want them to hire Basacha in Oakland, <clears throat> in Las Vegas, because Basacha kind of steered things in the right direction. They had a nice finish down the stretch. I get that. I, I also get why people aren't trying to argue on McCarthy's behalf, because the record does seem like a mirage. Eight of the wins, or six of the wins, were nothing, and then there was a game against Atlanta. Atlanta's not any good. That's seven. That gets you seven wins. Um, it, it just it just was kind of a hodgepodge. I mean, they, when, they, when they had to play a good division – like the uh, like the NFC West with Arizona, or had to go up against, um, you know, I, I mean, I, they just they just over and over failed again against playoff teams. They were one in five. So I mean, what does that tell you? Now, do I think that you have to play in a great division to be great? No. No, I mean, you know, they could have used the the chance that they blew these teams out in their own division. The only time anybody was close, one of those games, Washington lost 27 to 20. That was the only game that was close. Everything else was just, a, again, them embarrass, uh, embarrassing NFC East teams. All right, I wanted you to hear just a little bit more of the end-of-the-year press conference with Mike McCarthy, what he had to say yesterday. Here is some of McCarthy. Seven pre-snap penalties on Sunday. Two of them were unusual uh, infractions on Randy. Are his eyes? Look at Trent Williams kind of, kind of settled into his his stance a little bit. Like, what's the point of correction for him there? Kind of well, I mean, in, in fairness to all that, I, mean, I have not watched the games in detail. I've obviously spent some time with Kellen and, and John Fossil, just you know, on uh, some game you know game situation conversation uh, uh, that we were part of. But yeah, I mean, Randy's reading the movement of the tackle. You know, I, I think that's you know, um, you know, as far as you know, where his eyes are and, and so forth. But you know, the actual, exactly, specifically what happened on the play, I, I haven't, I haven't studied that yet. Mike, you're, you're like, you're likely to lose members of your coaching staff. You're gonna lose guys to free agency. How, how would you, I guess, sell to the fan base that this team could be better next year? Oh, we're gonna be better. I mean, we're gonna be better through uh, just through the process. I, I think. You know, I, I trust number one. I, I trust a personnel process. You know, I think that you know the collaboration. I mean, I, I think we have to give our, our personnel, um, our personnel department, and, and just what we did last year to this year. I mean, my, I mean, we had tremendous. I mean, that was the change we had on defense from a personnel and coaching staff standpoint. I mean, that's the biggest change that I've ever been a part of, um, both player and coaching. So to pull all that together. Um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of hard work and, and a lot of credit that goes, you know, goes to a number of people. So, um, you know, I have the same confidence that, you know, we'll do that moving forward. Now, it's going to be a challenge. I, I know there's definitely, 
you know, you can't keep everybody, but every team's, you know, that's 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 the era that we're in. Uh, we'll go through that and count on another, you know, another really you know, an excellent draft class to go with the two that we have. So, um, no, I got to remember, I, I, I coached the youngest team in the league for a number of years. So I, I have great belief in draft and development. You know, this will probably be, hopefully, to be the first year that we can have a normal offseason program. And uh, so I think with that, the, the combination of veterans and young players that we have, you know, I think we definitely can take a step forward. Mike, you told us you think handling success is more difficult than handling failure. After you all started the season six and one, how do you think, how well did your team handle success? Um, I, I don't think this is something you just put a grade on. Uh, there's definitely moments that we did not, you know, and I, I think uh, with those moments, um, I've always looked at it. It's a, it's a great opportunity to learn and grow from it. So um, just no different handling success during that, that run there. Uh, but you know, just just take the playoff game too. I, th I think that the fact that you know now that we've played a playoff game together, you know the expectation of what it feels like and what, what could we do better in, in, at the beginning of the game. I think all those things pay forward and are all part of that handling success challenge. How much pressure will be on you next year to take? The next step, because obviously last year, this year took another step from last year. I mean, I mean, yeah, but that's, I mean, that's 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 what we focus on. I mean, we're, we're not here to go backwards. I mean, you know, I, I think it's uh, it's that's part of the challenge. It's it's uh, it's it's part of the privilege of, of pressure of improvement in this league, and, and sustaining success is clearly whatever level of success you attain. Sustaining it is the biggest challenge in this league. Um, you know, I think history will point to that. I know it's been my personal experience, but uh, you know, to, to do it every year, to be in position—I mean, that's that's a huge challenge. But um, you know, I, th I think with the group that we have, love the guys, love the locker room. Uh, I think the culture that's been created—we uh, have an incredible foundation to to build off of and prepare to to take the run next year. Mike, the, the running game about halfway through the season seemed to kind of take a step back and kind of drop by about a yard per carry at the halfway point. Mm -hmm. Did you, were you able to pinpoint something? Was there a reason there? And how much did the impact you think you guys had the offense struggles down the stretch? Well, the run, running the ball was, it was you know, definitely, uh, definitely was not our strength. Um, I, I think, you know, we're talking about it a lot in here, you know, the combination of rushes and completions. I mean, it, to me, running the ball is, you know, you run the football for the whole team. Uh, you know, the run game helps the whole football team. Now, you also can take that a step further. You know, the rushes plus completions is really the most important. You know, the ball distribution. You know, if you look at the games that we weren't successful, including this last one against San Francisco, uh, you know, our losses, I think we averaged 46, 47, you know, rushes plus completions. You know, the goal's 55. And I would say in our wins, we were probably, we had to be 57, 58, somewhere in there. So uh, the ball distribution is the most important part. But uh, the run game, as far as the efficiency of it, yeah, it's it's clearly been a, a constant, you know, conversation for us consistently. Um, um, you know, it's as far as fitting it all together with the action pass game, I thought we did a really nice job. I think some of a lot of the changes that we we had, you know, with the offensive line is part of that. That's always a challenge. You know, our running backs, you know, fought through some injuries. So I, mean, I, th I think you have a lot of different factors there, but uh, we need to be better because it's uh, it's definitely a key building block to being, you know, for us to have success. Mike, in your meetings with the Joneses, yeah. have they given you clarity on your job security? And amid all the rumors and the gossip, can you share that clarity with us, please? Yes, I, I've had a chance to, you know, talk to Jerry, um, you know, after the game for a long time, also in song again Monday. So, you know, we had a very positive, you know, conversation and just, you know, the focus on the, on the, you know, the evaluation process. So, I, I don't see it that way. I'm, I'm focused on the exit interview process. Like you said, you said the team failed to achieve its goals. What do you think are the, are the primary reasons to have? Primary reasons we did not? Well, um, 
you know, I, I think, you know, without, without seeing the game, I mean, playoff football is, you know, we, we all understand it, what it takes. Um, I think the potential uh, historically will tell you it's going to come down to a couple plays, you know, and, and it definitely we came down to the, the sequence here at the end. Um, but without getting into the specifics of the game, without watching the tape, I, th I know just, you know, speaking with Kellen, I mean, I think he said we had eight, uh, eight second and tens, you know, and four second and twenties, you know, so, I mean, you know, obviously first down was a huge issue for us offensively. Um, I thought we were nervous to start the game, uh, fell it in the locker room at the team prayer, um, but I thought we fought through that okay. I mean, I, you know, it, we held them to field goals, and I think once our guys settled in, um, I, I, th I thought that, you know, it balanced out and the competitiveness there, but, you know, the, the up and down, was a challenge, you know. The offense not getting into a rhythm. You know, I thought the defense played stronger in the second second half. gave us gave us a chance to stay in the game, and you know we needed to make a couple more plays on offense. You know, I thought the special teams was had a good day. You know, had had the big play there on the nine stop. Had you know potential for another big play. So um, we just you know we you could say we were close to being on the doorstep, and, and that's playoff football. We, we got to be two or three plays better, and um, that's not something you just say, hey, we'll be two or three plays better better next year, and we'll be fine. That's that's not the right mindset. We need to. Start over. You know, we need to, you know, take the good things we have. You know, you know, we're very fortunate being here in Dallas. Our, you know, most of our guys live here, so everybody's going to be around. So, you know, hopefully we can get off to an early start and and build on you know what we've accomplished. All right, get your season tickets now. Uh, everybody lives here uh, in the uh, Dallas area. Mike McCarthy's saying, and so that'll be fun. Nobody's really going to go, you know, somewhere else. It's not Green Bay where everybody, you know. Fans out across the country, it's Dallas, and so everybody could be around, be at the off-season program. the The thing that's frustrating for Cowboys fans: the off-season always seems to start pretty quickly <clears throat> after these seasons, and uh, another another frustrating ending <clears throat> for the Dallas Cowboys. Again, if you want to uh, sound off, text line is two five four six six two sixteen sixty. We've had people calling and texting. I. I listened to some of that, and um, I, I, I just think – I don't think he helped himself a tremendous amount. I think that uh, McCarthy is – fancies himself is kind of a tough guy, Pittsburgh guy, but really what he's become is sort of a softy for the Joneses to kind of put out there, and they kind of somehow stumbled into a great defensive coordinator – their offense coordinator has been up and down this year. I would say lately more down than up. I think Kellen Moore is probably a promising, talented young coordinator. Did he get exposed this year to a certain extent? I think he did. I think he did. And, you know, what would help in that instance is a veteran coach who has called plays in this league for many, many years. Guess who that is? That's Mike McCarthy. He's done it. And uh, for whatever reason, he is not – getting it done and uh, there seems to be somewhat of a disconnect and I think that's a uh, I think that's an extremely frustrating thing uh, for uh, for uh, Cowboys fans and so I would just say that in in trying to listen to all the things that have come out today I think Michael Irvin said it well I think Troy Aikman said it well now waiting for Emmett and we'll have all three triplets weighing in on this but if you come out of a make-or-break, winner-else, winner-go-home game, you can't leave any bullets in the chamber. And you left a wide receiver in C.D. Lamb who had, like, one catch. 
you have a star running back who's paid as high as anybody in the league, maybe the highest paid running back in the game, rushed for 12 carries for 31 yards, and you had your quarterback who was misfiring throughout the day and finishes with a 69 rating. And, oh, by the way, you're hitting the scoreboard with punts and you're running plays directly into the sun, uh, which is not totally Kellen Moore's fault. It's not the easiest thing to do to, to uh, oh, wait, I can't run anything or the sun's going to be in my, my, uh, my player's eyes. That's a, that's a design flaw. That's a defect that, uh, that Jerry Jones has in the building. This is a problem, and uh, this is very frustrating for the Cowboys. Aaron, as long as Mike McCarthy is head coach, do you have any hope they can get this thing right? No, none. I just, I, I, no, he's terrible with clock management. He's, you know, I talked a little bit about it yesterday, but his big selling point was that he's been to the playoffs, he's been to the Super Bowl, and he knows how to get a team ready for a big game. And anybody who watched that game, whether you were Cowboys fan, a 49ers fan, or just tuned in to watch the game knows that the Cowboys were not ready when that game kicked off. Anyway, offense, defense, or special teams. Well, he said himself, Aaron, that during the pregame prayer, they seemed nervous. Yeah. They didn't seem ready for the game. Can you imagine admitting that? and, and And basically, by saying that, he admitted that he didn't do anything about it. Oh, just... This is why I'm done. <laughs> Do you ever get nervous when you're praying, Aaron? No. You just okay. You just you do it in private, right? I I uh, I tell you, that's that's not a great sign. If you're about to play a game, and then after the game, the head coach says, "Yeah, we look kind of nervous during the pregame prayer." Most times, a coach. I mean, I guess you have to pat him on the back a little bit for admitting it. Most coaches would say, no, we were ready. We were ready. I thought we had a great week of practice. We were ready. I thought we were ready for the game. Obviously, it didn't play out that way. It didn't look that way. But that's what most coaches would say. This guy was like, yeah, I thought we were, I thought we were nervous as heck. Prior to the game, pregame prayer, boy, it's a really difficult thing for Cowboys fans to stomach. All right, next we have the dismount. Uh, I need to react a little bit. Hadn't done it today much to um, – the Lady Bears, the Baylor women's basketball team. How did they look last night in that win over Oklahoma State? We react next. Matt Mosley, weekdays at 4 p.m. on ESPN Central Texas. I kind of wanted to root for the Bears, so when I leave the press box, then I can kind of, I can kind of get with it. And we happened to be right next to some Ole Miss people. And, boy, they were hollering right in our face when they got that big touchdown. They were feeling great about things. From the moment that kid missed the field goal, it just felt like Baylor was going to go win the game. The Matt Mosley Show, weekdays 4 to 6 p.m. on ESPN Central Texas. Tickets and sponsorships are now available for the 2022 Texas Sports Hall of Fame Induction Banquet presented by Texas Farm Bureau. The class of 2022 includes Bob Beeman, Chris Bosch, Robert Griffin III, Tony Parker, Carly Patterson, Mike Renfro, Susie Snyder-Eppers, Michael Strahan, and Stacey Sakura. Meet this year's inductee class on Saturday, March 12th in the base at Extraco Event Center in Waco. To purchase tickets, please visit tshof.org or call 254-756-1633. 
The Waco Convention Center is turning 50 years old this year. Nearly everyone in Waco has attended an event at the Waco Convention Center at some point in their life. The Waco Convention Center's 50th anniversary celebration is Wednesday, January 26th from 3 to 6 p.m. and it's open to the public. It's a come-and-go reception with a special presentation at 4 o'clock. To share your memories and photos of your special events or for more information, please visit wacocc.com or go to their Facebook page. RSVP today. The flagship station for Baylor basketball is ESPN Central Texas. A secret to sticking with your goals? The right gear. Which is why I went on Kohl's.com and got an Adidas hoodie for under 45 bucks, picked up some Nike sneakers, and got a new fleece from Tech Gear for just $12.99. Oh, you can also get an extra 30, 20, or 15% off with your Kohl's card and get free store pickup. If only exercising was this easy. Select styles. Adidas and Nike coupons do not apply. Ends January 23rd. Some exclusions apply. See store or account for details. Wings Pizza and Things has been your go-to place to watch your game for over 15 years. With over 60 big screens, you're sure to catch all the games. With 15 wing sauce flavors from ghost pepper to plain, we have all your taste buds covered. And don't forget about the made-from-scratch pizzas. But wait, there's more. Try their burgers, fillies, sandwiches, and wraps. Don't forget about the wide variety of draft beers and finish your meal off with something from the sweet spot. Check out the entire menu and specials at wingsandtemple.com or follow them on Facebook. Wings Pizza and Things, Temple's home for sports for 15 years. Stay close. The Dismount with Matt Mosley is coming up. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Ward Weitz with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update brought to you by Hurley Benefit Services. Number 15 Baylor women took care of Oklahoma State last night in the Farrell Center, winning 67 to 49. Baylor will return home hosting Iowa State on Sunday at 2 o'clock. Big 12 men's action last night. Oklahoma State beat TCU 57 to 56. Kevin Hoffman remained at Mart as the head coach and athletic director. Coach Hoffman announced his retirement early last week, has now decided to continue to coach for the Panthers. Former TCU head coach Gary Patterson is joining the Texas Longhorns coaching staff. He will have an off-field role as special assistant to the head coach. Mavericks beat the Raptors 102-98. Mavs have now won 10 out of their last 11 and have a back-to-back game tonight hosting the Suns at the AAC. Tip is at 6.30. Sports Center every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. It's time now for the dismount on the Matt Mosley Show. It is the dismount saying good night to you. And uh, a couple things wanted to hit the uh, Baylor women, good win. Oklahoma State hit a couple threes late. I was watching. Bears probably could have easily won by about 25. I think the final score was about 18. They won by 18. It's good. I mean, they are a dangerous team when Queen Egbo plays like that. They just are. She rebounds. She plays defense. She scores. She had uh, 19, I believe, in that game. And uh, Melissa didn't go crazy in this game. Had I think 16 points, and uh, it was good to see Asbury, Jamie Asbury, against her former team. I think she had nine, hit a big three down the stretch, had to be fun against her former teammates, and so she finishes with over 1,000 points for her career, and then last night put Queen Egbo above 1,000 points. So uh, congratulations all around to those players uh, for, uh, for that. Uh, that's a cool, that is a cool thing. And um, 
the women uh, have a game coming up Sunday against Iowa State. Other things I saw on the court, I, I guess you're just going to have to live. Sarah Andrews just did not have – I mean, she went from literally scoring 25 in a game to I think she scored two in this game. I, I don't – I don't quite get it. She's got the ball in her hands. She's an excellent shooter. She knows how to finish. I know she's not the tallest guard in the world, but I don't, you know, got to get that together. I saw uh, Owens made a – I was talking recently about wanting to see her shoot the ball a little more. Saw her knock down a three. I'd like to see more confidence. Um, I would say that uh, Caitlin uh, Bickle, I mean, she's just a – She's a huge resource off the bench. I mean, that's really your only consistent bench player. Um, And every time she comes off the bench, she'll get eight points, ten points, whatever. But she can hit the three. She can bang around in there. She's great at offensive rebounding. She'll play D. That's a great player. Caitlin's great to bring off the bench. And uh, I enjoy – I like her style of play. I like her swagger. Everything about Caitlin Bickle is, uh, I think, big time for the Bears. And Nalissa just needs to be Nalissa. Keep playing above the rim. You're going to have a lot of focus on you. When that happens, I saw her do something last night that I loved. And it got Asbury that open three that I was referencing earlier. There's a play uh, <clears throat> kind of – she gets the ball down low, and you're thinking she's kind of in – traffic and without even thinking she just immediately whips a pass out to the corner to Jamie Asbury and Asbury was ready and knocked down the three. It's a beautiful pass. So I I think Melissa Smith while her shooting's been a little off recently I want to say she was like maybe 5 for 14 in that game last night her passing's there. Her all around game is pretty nice. So uh, and, and she gets you know, that game the other day that they needed a, a huge rebound in, uh, at the end of that game against Kansas, she's the one who went and got it because she is more athletic generally than almost anybody Baylor plays. She plays a different game, and in the women's game, you don't often see people play at the rim or above the rim, and she can do that. So uh, it's, a really, it's a really fun thing to watch. Again, Bears play Iowa State on Sunday, and that's a game they are really trying to encourage folks to get out and be a part of. That'd be really that'd be a, a big thing to get it to three and two. Now they tell me the oh gosh, I'd have to look it up real quick. The the there's a couple of there's a two sisters on that team that <coughs> have been out with COVID. I think that's the Jones sisters. They might play in this game. Uh, we'll see. I don't know if they'll be at full speed. You, I, I think people have probably been asking themselves, well, why did Texas put the kibosh on a seventh-ranked Iowa State team? Well, there's your reason. I mean, two of their better players have been out with COVID, and even if they're back, they could be compromised. What does that mean? Well, that doesn't mean anything other than Baylor's got to go out and take advantage of that, and if they play, they have to go right at them. I mean, and, ha- and, you know, they have to know, listen, they've been out with COVID, and you can't, I mean, that's part of the game now. You can't be concerned or be worried or, oh, what, what's wrong with the Jones sisters? No, you gotta, you got to go out and uh, 
and play your best and see where it goes. All right, let's go out. Everybody go out. I encourage you to go watch the Bears play. That'll be a fun game. And uh, been a fun day. Lots of Sam Kahn Jr. Hoping we'll have Gary Patterson. We have to have the official announcement from the University of Texas that he's going to be the special assistant to Sark. Everybody have a great night. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 4 o'clock. This is the Spectrum Big 12 Shootaround, a daily look inside Big 12 Conference basketball. Now, here's the voice of the Bears. Everybody, it's every check of Big 12 basketball on today's Spectrum Big 12 shoot-around. Last night in the Big 12, one game on the men's side. Oklahoma State wins at home by a point over TCU, 